Greetings, welcome, bienvenidos, hola, aloha, ni hao, namaste, konnichiwa, bonjour, bonjourno, so de corrupt, guten tag, jiao weezy, vakat, bang, half a day, jai jinendra, Russian collusion, privyet, salam, shalom, peace now, go vegan, peace how, go vegan, this is Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden, ah, remembering the good old days, uh, when we were uh, we were proud to boast that this is the first vegan talk show ever in mainstream media. Yes, way back when we had trusted and beloved reporters and anchors and hosts like today's upcoming guest, Jane Velez Mitchell. Yes, back in the good old days uh, when... Uh, we were proud that we were in mainstream media. Now, uh, pretty much we're, uh, we have to deny everything, okay? But it's, uh, you know, main, us, we here in mainstream media, are you kidding? How could a vegan talk show ever infiltrate uh, CBS and Clear Channel and the Air American Network and GCN? And oh, how, could, how could we do that? We were never a part of it. Huh? Um, or at least if we think of those good old days, you know, maybe we can be reminded that a little bit of truth was still at least a possibility in the meteor way back then when we started this show back in 2001 and a few years after that. Again, today to, to do the show in, in mainstream meteor, I would have to say that you should eat more meat, dairy, fish, and eggs to prevent heart disease, cancer, stroke, and diabetes. And, and uh, if I were in mainstream meat today, I would have to say uh, eat more dairy, fish, and eggs, more meat, dairy, fish, and eggs to uh, stop climate change and uh, deforestation and uh, resource depletion and... Uh, mass extinction and uh, that's what i would have to say and and today in mainstream media what i mean what would i ha what would i have to say about animals i would well uh why don't i just uh, quickly uh, read a little bit from tyson uh, air quotes foods uh website and uh, what it it mentions about uh, animal welfare animal welfare remember Tyson is one of the uh, largest killers of animals anywhere on the planet. But let's see. In today's mainstream media, we would, of course, uh, use the publicity from Tyson, which uh, talks about its animal welfare approach. And I quote, to be the world leader in animal welfare through compassionate care based in sound science. Compassionate care from the people who bring you uh, burgers and uh, chicken wings and uh, bacon. Uh, what does it say here? It says, caring about animals is inherent to who we are as a company. Well, of course it is. You profit off of the animals. Of course it's, of course it's number one, huh? Okay, so it says, our approach is, is grounded in sound science and the latest animal welfare research, 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 
Gotta love it uh, when the animals undergo research. Um, this includes careful measurement of inputs and outcomes. Uh, we, and, and here's what it says. It says, we trust the animals to show us what types of environments uh, best suit them and use their demonstrated preferences to guide our decisions. Well, the animals are saying, get us out of here. <laughs> you, really? Are you observing the animals? They want out. They don't want to be killed. They don't want to be part of this processing going on. Uh, have, have you noticed, like, uh, if you observe them, that they would, like, want to run, get away from you? Um, okay, what else does it say here? It says, we also use ongoing research and engagement with experts to... Uh, continuously improve the welfare of the animals entrusted to our care. The animals are entrusted to the care of Tyson. Okay, well, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll cut off the uh, Tyson BS right now. Um, and uh, But we will return to discussions of Tyson and uh, not on this week's show, but Maybe not even next week. In, in, in the next few episodes, uh, we'll once again address what I used to mock on this program, the five freedoms, the five freedoms for animals, uh, which were never attainable, yet uh, some of the uh, fake animal rights movement uh, groups were, were saying, you know, that some of these uh, animal processors uh, were adhering to the five uh, freedoms which were impossible to attain. Well, now, if we look at Tyson, Tyson has uh, reworded things because Tyson knows they're impossible to attain also. But uh, I'm getting ahead of myself, maybe, on a show, uh, you know, we'll, 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 we'll have that on a show in the next few episodes, okay? Um, anyway, did I tell you this is Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden? Quarantined, isolated, sanitized, and veganized for your protection, uh, socially distanced, uh, as I, I have been most of my life, really, um, and fully masked. Um, who was that masked man, Mommy? Well, who knows? I mean, who knows? Uh, who knows who anyone is anymore? Everyone's wearing a mask. We've gone faceless. We are a faceless society. From now on, uh, we'll never recognize anyone new whom we meet. Right? I've been meeting a few people lately. I never know who they are. Um, we are faceless and we are smileless. Huh? Perhaps we should. Uh, perhaps we should have to put a photo of us smiling at, on our masks for identification, or just to remember the good old days when uh, people had faces. Um, Rod Stewart and small faces. Uh, by the way, uh, have you noticed just how trend-setting the whole vegan animal activism life has been over the years? Uh, we, we recognize that now. Remember when only the Animal Liberation Front wore masks? Who would have known how fashion-setting, trend-setting that would be in the future? Now, now everybody's in the ALF. An organization which uh, I was the elected president for two terms, but it was the two-term limit, so that was it for me. Um, so um, yeah, now everybody, at least in my uh, 
delusional world is in the ALF, uh, and you don't know, uh, you just don't know who may be tampering with the meat, dairy, fish, and eggs at your local supermarket. Perhaps pulling down that ALF mask for a quick a moment and uh, casting a COVID-19 cough. Huh? Oh, uh, oh, the, uh, the, the, the COVID cough isn't a necessary add-on? No, because it's already factory installed. Yeah, in fact, uh, I will talk to Jane Velez Mitchell today about a movement to, um, to highlight the plight of slaughterhouse workers who uh, not only suffer just about the worst job imaginable in the world, I mean, can you imagine being a slaughterhouse worker and just your job is the constant killing of innocent life around you? How that's got to eat away at you. Um, but it turns out that the uh, slaughterhouses, the meatpacking plants, continue to be the hotbed of the coronavirus. Um, cough, cough, sneeze, sneeze, uh, slaughterhouse workers. Uh, all the more reason for you to uh, wear a mask um, and, and, and not remove it, uh, especially when you're around dishes, plates of uh, meat, dairy, fish, and eggs. Uh, yeah, when, uh, w when you see a hot dog or a hamburger or a chicken wing or a slab of flabby bacon, that's the time you should really put on your mask. Uh, eating meat, dairy, fish, and eggs will kill you long before this virus does. I'm sure it has already, uh, well, it, it has already killed by the millions uh, uh, via heart disease, cancer, stroke, diabetes, um, uh, you know, uh, which uh, have happened to a lot more families than those have been, who have been stricken by COVID-19. Of course, uh, terrible when anybody loses his or her life, uh, but uh, by the numbers, meat, dairy, fish, and eggs are way ahead of COVID-19, which actually COVID-19 just happens to be one of those viruses that jumps from other species also, uh, that jumps from other animals to human beings. Like you have uh, the swine flu from pigs and avian flu from birds and Spanish flu from poultry and SARS, uh, the SARS COVID, that from uh, civets and uh, MERS COVID from camels and HKU1 from mice. And eventually we'll all just be antibiotic resistant and, uh, you know, Mass extinction isn't necessarily just for all the other species, you know. So anyway, so COVID-19, this one is said to have originated from bats at a meat market in Wuhan or seafood market. Or it's been said uh, maybe a nice, uh, delicious, uh, you know, tempting bowl of bat soup uh, might have been the cause. Although there is also talk of it perhaps coming from bats at a uh, research laboratory in Wuhan. So, but COVID-19 is definitely another disease from animal abuse, whether on your plate or in the laboratory. Um, and uh, 
you know, so right now we see a lot of uh, actions being taken, and uh, Jane Velez Mitchell is also a part of these uh, boycotts and actions uh, being taken at the meat industry. At Tyson in particular, uh, at Tyson, again, air quotes, Tyson, uh, air quotes, foods. Uh, do I need to say Tyson, open air quotes, foods, close air quotes, or we'll just say, okay, we'll just use the, uh, in general the air quotes. Okay, so Tyson is showing... Uh, a rising rate of COVID-19 infections among employees at its 37 facilities in seven states processing cow, chicken, and pig bodies. Almost 9,000 Tyson employees have been confirmed to be infected with the coronavirus, with COVID-19. Almost 9,000. And then uh, consider the rest of the meat industry on top of the 9,000, and suddenly animal agriculture is uh, seeming uh, to uh, to really make the virus viral here. Uh, maybe it's uh, animal agriculture that needs to go on a total lockdown. Um, its products are, you know, really looking like they're only essential for, uh, you know, for the Wall Street-backed diet for the Wall Street-backed corporate diet of death, disease, and environmental destruction. <sighs> okay, anyway, as I mentioned, uh, Jane Velez Mitchell is coming up today on Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden, uh, and she'll be here so that we can get an update on the Michael Jackson case. Uh, oh, sorry, uh, I'm just time-traveling there for a second. Jane will be talking about her... Uh, her show on Amazon Amazon Prime, uh, the meat boycott, support for support and feed, which is a campaign to uh, feed uh, people in need by vegan restaurants. And please, please, please do support your local vegan restaurants. We need to keep them in business no matter what. If they are open offering takeout or sales of groceries or whatever it might be, Please support the community treasures, the vegan restaurants near you, um, like uh, Vegetarian House, just one of the world's great vegan restaurants, which is in San Jose, 520 East Santa Clara Street. You can go to VegetarianHouse.com. VegetarianHouse.com. You can order online, pay online. They'll bring the food out to you in your uh, to your car curbside. You can order organic uh, groceries. Vegetarian House is 100% vegan, organic. The food is spectacular. Again, I invite you to visit vegetarianhouse.com. Used to be .us. I guess if, if you... Uh, .us will still lead you to vegetarianhouse.com. Okay, uh, let's... Uh, before the break here, just uh, take a moment uh, to pay respects to the life of Reagan Russell, a lifelong animal activist killed by a transportation truck uh, during a demonstration near a slaughterhouse in Ontario, Canada, where her uh, death has uh, brought attention and action to overturn Bill 156, another one of those horrible 
ag-gag laws uh, from the meat industry uh, to, uh, to silence animal activists. We need, uh, we need more openness. We need a lot more openness. We need more truth rather than ag-gag. And in fact, uh, coming up on our next episode, we'll talk about uh, gagging, uh, you know, the intentional gagging of whistleblowers by the Humane Society of the United States. That's coming up on our next episode. That's right, HSUS is suing whistleblowers who are exposing horrendous conditions at uh, HSUS uh, animal sanctuaries. So um, Donnie Moss will be on uh, that next episode. That next episode that comes up, uh, not this episode, because this episode we're talking to Jane Velez Mitchell next, and we invite you to uh, support this show. Um, this is the, have I mentioned this was the first uh, vegan show in uh, mainstream media? Um, I have to stop mentioning that, right? I have to deny everything. Uh, we have been around for 19 years, uh, inexplicably, and uh, we are a 501c3 nonprofit, Go Vegan Radio. We would greatly appreciate your support in the form of a donation. You can find the donate button at goveganradio.com, where you can also find over 600 programs that are archived there. Um, on uh, Facebook, we are... Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden, Twitter at Go Vegan Radio, and uh, there's also Patreon at GoVeganRadio.com. Okay, we continue now on Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden at GoVeganRadio.com, on Facebook, Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden, Twitter at Go Vegan Radio, and remember, you can support our program with a tax-deductible donation. There's a donate button at GoVeganRadio.com, where you will find uh, over 600 archived programs. Now, today, my guest is Jane Velez Mitchell. And yes, that Jane Velez Mitchell, the world famous TV and social media journalist and reporter, and uh, and I'm welcoming you back, Jane. I, I just said there are over 600 uh, programs archived at Go Vegan Radio. I I think that you might have been on my show before we even started archiving, maybe before before the internet, maybe before radio. Did we do it by we Morse code? Back. Or? We go way back, Bob. How you doing? <laughs> Great. How are you today? I'm great. I'm doing real good. Excellent. Okay. You remember that we... Um, yes, I, I, think I you, do. I think you came over to KRLA. We were... Um, that was the first station that started the show, which was in Glendale, and you, yeah. you were there with your mother? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. My mom. Yeah. She lived to 99 and a half. Wow. And, and clear, clear as a bell, sharp right up until her last day, and I credit that to a plant-based diet. Oh, that's that's great, yeah. We were there that day, you were on that show, I think Ed Asner was on the program also, and uh, 
you know, we were talking about uh, back then, uh, Great American Meat Out, when people were asked to stop eating meat for one day, but I think I'm past that now. I think I need 365 <laughs> days from people. Well, uh, we've got a boycott meat that we're doing. We're doing a meat boycott with uh, some workers advocates in Iowa who are not vegan activists. They're workers' rights advocates, and uh, they are very upset that slaughterhouse workers are dying of COVID-19. Slaughterhouses are one of the hotbeds of this pandemic, and so they, uh, we, I interviewed this gentleman, Joe Enriquez Henry, who is the uh, vice president of LatinoForward.org or Forward Latino. Anyway, he uh, has really taken the lead on this uh, meat boycott. It's hashtag boycott meat. You can go to boycottmeat.com. And we're on Jane Unchained, our social media news network for animal rights and veganism. We're doing a Monday a roundtable every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific to encourage the meat boycott. Wonderful. So um, how did this discussion happen to uh, organize? Did you see are, are a number of groups involved with this? Uh, Something boycott? like 35 groups. 35 we have PETA's involved, the SAVE movement, uh, PXE had representatives. So we've had a lot of Zoom meetings and we've got a lot of uh, animal activist vegans now, you know, the workers' rights uh, people are concerned about the workers, but they're starting to get the message on uh, how, well, if you're capable of killing 10,000 baby pigs or 20,000 baby pigs a day in a facility, killing people is not that great a leap, you know? And so they're starting to see that the commonality is the violence and the disrespect for other beings and the disrespect for the suffering of others. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, being a slaughterhouse worker is one of the worst jobs imaginable anyway, uh, even without the COVID-19 running rampant uh, among slaughterhouse workers. I mean, it's one of the most dangerous jobs, the highest turnover rate, um, and it really, uh, it, it has to destroy a part of you to, to you know, inflict so much violence. I mean, it has to really remove one from oneself. And then I think you find a lot of alcoholism and uh, spousal abuse and all sorts of problems uh, that come from the slaughterhouse industry. So, so yeah, but, uh, there is that. But I feel that there's also a psychic toll paid by those who pay those people to go and do the killing. Because what we have is a complete disconnect and hypocrisy in the society where people run around and, you know, ahimsa, I do yoga, I'm a loving, kind person, I do everything with love. Meanwhile, they're paying somebody else to do this horrific violence and they're eating the, uh, the animals and they're completely hypocritical and in disconnect. So I think that a lot of the depression that we see, so many people are depressed that it's really because on some level, the reptilian brain knows that they're killing. They they want to disassociate themselves from what they're doing, but they're doing it. Okay. I covered crime for years. You don't have to be the person who pulls the trigger or slits a victim's throat to be convicted of murder. If you are collaborating with the actual physical killer, you could be convicted of murder just as easily. So uh, it's a horrific industry. It's, uh, tra traffics and violence, and we all need to join the meat boycott. And one of the reasons I think the meat boycott is a great uh, way of approaching the issue is that 
There are people who say, well, I love your passion. Oh, I love your passion, Jane, but I care about people. Well, guess what? People are dying now. These slaughterhouses have become slaughterhouses for people, too. Of course, they were always dying of heart disease and cancer, but now they're dying from a disease that they're getting because they're going to work in these COVID-infected slaughterhouses. Absolutely, and uh, coughing and sneezing all over all over the meat that people eat. And, you know, I, I always said the same thing, too. People say, oh, you care more about animals than people. But, you know, when you stop eating meat, dairy, fish, and eggs, good things happen for people, too. Like you mentioned, heart disease, cancer, stroke, diabetes, and also the environment. Absolutely. And, I mean, eating, eating meat, uh, dairy, fish, and eggs is uh, the most destructive force uh, uh, to uh, the environment and the number one cause of climate change, and just everything that's wrong with the planet, deforestation, resource depletion, water shortage, pollution, you name it, uh, it's all tied into uh, consumption of meat, dairy, fish, and eggs. And uh, how, how did you get this way, Jane? I mean, how, uh, where, well, when did this uh, start for you, this concern for animals and the vegan cause? Well, I feel like I've always had the concern. My mother, who was from Puerto Rico, um, had a pig that she thought was her pet pig, her friend. And she came home from school when she was very young one day. And the pig had been slaughtered for food. And she fainted. And when she when she came to, she was distraught. And she never touched meat again. And then uh, my dad, who was Irish, uh, when they met and they got married and they got together, uh, he was a meat eater, but because of my mother's influence, he pretty much gave up meat. Um, we did not have meat in the house. We did have fit. We didn't have meat, meat, but we were not vegetarians. We had fish, eggs, and uh, dairy. But at least I was aware growing up that you know burgers didn't fall from trees. And uh, so as I got older, uh, I started seeing the horrors of factory farming, and then. Uh, Howard Lyman came by when I was an anchor at KCAL TV in L.A., uh, came by the studio and I interviewed him. And uh, he's that fourth generation cattle rancher who went on Oprah and revealed the horrors. And he was he was famous for a while there. And I interviewed him and then he and his publicist, Mara Nealon, and I'm sure you know Mar very well. Of they came up to my cubicle afterwards and they said, we hear you're a vegetarian. By that time, I was pretty much a vegetarian, lacto-ovo-vegetarian. I, I think I ate shrimp every so often, but I was pretty much a vegetarian. And they, I said, yes. And they said, do you eat dairy? And I kind of like, oh, I just heard about all the horrible things they do, the cows and the babies and the just the nightmare. And I sort of shamefaced, said yes. And then... Mar Nealon stuck her finger right in my nose and she said, liquid meat. <laughs> and that's when I went vegan. That was about, I would say, approximately 23, 24 years ago. I don't know exactly what it was. Like, I'm sober 25 years in April. I was turned sober 25 years. So I know it was after that. And I think it was around 23, 24 years ago. And then after that, I really, um, I think it was a combination of Getting sober and going vegan, a lot of energy that I used to put into partying, it, it went right into activism. I started going to World Fest. I was emceeing at World Fest for a while. Why, why, I, I remember World Fest. <clears throat> yeah, it's now VegFest. And now VegFest, but 
I started World Fest that first time. Are you kidding? So well, there you go. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I remember. I remember. I interviewed Julia Butterfly Hill at at World Fest, right. <laughs> and she was very inspirational. And I said, "What would you tell people?" And she just took off her backpack, and he sh- she in her backpack. She was the tree hugger who who sat in a treehouse for months, uh, preventing uh, logging, and she became a cause celeb and. Uh, she just pulled out her backpack and she had like a tin plate and uh, utensils and a rag. And she said, this is what I tell them. And so well, she was way ahead of her time. Now, of course, people talk about reusables. Um, but at the time, it was it was unusual. And I was like, wow, that's impressive. So she had a big impact on me. I, 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 I kind of missed that. She, she pulled out her backpack and pulled out something. I, I missed what, uh, what it was. She pulled out her backpack. I said, what would you tell people? And she just pulled her backpack out. And she had in her backpack like a tin plate, a like utensils, obviously reusable, reusable. metal or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she mm-hmm. had like a rag. So she was she was. She was doing reusable. This was a very long time ago. So mm-hmm. right. she was ahead of her. Now, now, of course, you go into Whole Foods and they have all that reusable stuff. Well, they didn't they didn't have that then. Now, right. then again, they didn't have the level of plastics that we have now. Uh, mm-hmm. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah. And, of course, uh, to, to, to really be a tree hugger, you kind of have to be vegan or the trees will get cut down so that animals can graze or they grow GMO soy or corn to feed the animals there so and by the way i relate to your story i i was in college 1971 my friends came over every friday night and i used to cook a chicken dish uh new york city queens college city university of new york they came over friday night i cooked this chicken dish with an apricot glaze then one friday night i looked down at the frying pan and i say this is somebody's body. What you know? What am I doing? I don't think I can eat animals anymore. So I, I immediately became the weirdest person among my friends. But then I ate, uh, you know, dairy and eggs too. I thought, well, cows have to get milk, and you know, chickens lay eggs. And then uh, 13 years later, living in um, uh, San Antonio, somebody gave me some information on dairy and egg industry. And it was also Cesar Chavez who said, if you're doing it, you know, for concern for animals, you give up dairy and eggs first. So I saw that information and, you know, snapped my fingers and, okay, no meat, dairy, fish, eggs for me. I think I was vegan before I knew that there was a word vegan and uh, thought it was a quiet little personal decision I was making. I didn't know that uh, this was the most important cause in the world and I need to do a radio show and I need to have Jane Velez Mitchell come on my talk show to try to help convince uh, people to go vegan, which, uh, you know, is so near and dear to your heart. Yeah. um, One of the ways we're doing it is Jane Unchained, of course, is my social media news network for animal rights and veganism. And we have 70 plus volunteer contributors going live on uh, my Facebook page. And then millions of views, right? Millions of views of uh, videos. Yeah. Yeah. Millions. Yeah. And now we have TV shows. So uh, first I did the documentary Countdown to Year Zero, which talks about our whole society has to go plant-based. We have until 2026. And if we don't go plant-based by 2026, we're going to have an ecological collapse. And this is from Dr. Silas Rao, 
who is vegan world 2026. I consider him a genius. And so but, that but, but, is but my, my, my one disagreement with him is that let's not wait till 2026. Like th- today, today's a good start, right? Bob, 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 you know what he did? He declared, uh, he, he issued a declaration. Okay. He said, we're going to go vegan and we have to go vegan by 2026. Otherwise we're going to have an ecological collapse. We know why we have to go vegan. We just need to know the how, how are we going to do it? Now, sure, let's all go vegan tomorrow. Let's go vegan right now. Now, right now, we're all vegan, but we're not. It's a process. So he is is implementing the process by breaking down all of the issues that need to be solved in order to create a vegan society. So he's not engaged in magical thinking. What he's doing as a systems analyst and an engineer is he's creating the infrastructure to create a vegan world. And so he does, he basically what he does is he gets information from all these people. First of all, he issued a white paper, a white paper that shows that animal agriculture is the leading cause of climate change and that these estimates that the New York Times and others use of 14.5% are wildly underestimated and he proves that they have purposely skewed the numbers. So what, what, Sure, would I like us to go vegan yesterday? Yes, but the point is that you have to have a system. It's it's a process, not an event. I mean, we could sit here and say, we're vegan right now, but it's, but it's not true. We have to make it so. Well, of course we have to make, to it, make so, it so, but, but I don't want anybody listening now to go, hey. okay, I can wait till 2026. Why not do it today? And and I, I'm in total agreement with you on, on Dr. Silesh Rao with his white paper, which is fantastic. And, um, you know, we, we had the, uh, the work from um, Goodland and Anhang at the World Bank long ago telling us that animal agriculture was responsible for at least 51% of all human-generated greenhouse gas emissions. And Dr. Rao does an analysis, and he comes up with 87%. I mean, it's that, that much more, and that if we were to give up all fossil fuels tomorrow, that wouldn't solve the problem because it's land usage. That's, that's what it is. And, uh, you know, there was a, a great study by Oxford University and so uh, Joseph Poor. If you're saying that we're all going to go vegan tomorrow then how are you going to make it happen by tomorrow? If you can't make it happen by tomorrow or tonight, then let's jump on board with somebody who's creating a plan to transform society using gathering experts together so that we can do it. Of course, if we can do it before that, that's fine. But I mean, well, we okay. have to create a process. Well, that's fine. The, the process is obviously, though, each individual has to go vegan. So somebody listening right now who's concerned about the environment or whatever concerns can go vegan today. Be changed. Well, sure. Well, let's all go vegan today. But just saying it doesn't make it so. What has to happen, our systems have to be changed. So in systems, whether it be governmental systems, corporate accountability, um, transition farmers from animal production to plant-based, uh, reducing the uh, animal population is raped into existence every year. I mean, a lot of this stuff, getting slaughterhouse workers, jobs in other industries, there's stuff to think about. It's, it's a process. And if you want to make that process happen tonight, well, you know, I would, but at least somebody is 
that there's a process and let's let's create the process. When when John F. Kennedy decided to put to say let's put on the man on the moon tomorrow, he said let's do it and let's create a process to do it. When we wanted to have gay marriage, which we finally achieved, we didn't just say we're going to go and have gay marriage tomorrow. We created a process for doing it. So that's that's what systems analysts do: is they create a process, they create a goal, and then they fill in the blanks of everything that has to happen. Okay, and then um, of course we would all like it to happen soon. Right. So so. Uh, also, processes would it, have it, to respond. Uh, it, let me give you an example. You, you could have a deadline to write a story. You have to write it by midnight tonight, but in the next hour, that's good too. Right, right, right. So, okay. Um, but I'm saying my process uh, as a, a talk show host is uh, that if we encourage everybody to go vegan immediately, the other processes will have will will react, you know. And there, since we don't have that much time, um, if How if part we of you can encourage everybody to go vegan immediately, Bob. What's that? How long have you been encouraging people to go vegan immediately? Oh, I I've been encouraging people uh, ever since I went vegan to go vegan immediately. So. And How many years ago was that? How many years ago was that? Well, let's see. This uh, I went vegan 36 years ago, but this okay, talk show so this talk show started years. 19 years ago. Okay. okay, so for 19 years you've been telling everybody to go vegan immediately. So let's tr let's try. You know, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. He's coming up with a process. Does he say we have to wait till 2026? No. What he said is. We, our deadline, if we want to avoid ecological collapse, is to transition the society to a plant-based society, and we have to do it by 2026, or we're going to go extinct. He's certainly open to it being done sooner. If you can figure out a way to do it by tomorrow, I'm right there with you. I would vote you for per for president of the United States if well, you could figure that well, out. Well, if, so, if my, my my platform would be mandatory veganism, so uh, if I if I were elected, <laughs> that would that's that's my platform right there. And so all people have to do. My my plan is, uh, if you're listening, just uh, eliminate meat, dairy, fish, eggs, and honey from uh, your your diet. Uh, eat you know from uh, fruits, vegetables, nuts, grains, seeds, and beans. Start doing it tomorrow, and by 2026, we'll just have a big uh, vegan uh, music oh, celebrations. Saying tomorrow, why not immediately? Uh, oh, why, are you, why are you eating? Why are you eating? What so did I long? say? Did I say tomorrow? I meant now. I meant tomorrow. I didn't. I didn't. I meant yesterday. I meant oh, I meant yesterday. Okay, so I have to tell you about our other project. So we, our other project is uh, a lot, a lot of exciting stuff happening with Jane Unchained. New Day, New Chef. So we have a vegan cooking show on Amazon Prime. New Day, New Chef. A whole bunch of vegan celebrities and some of the top chefs. And now we have a new, new edition called New Day, New Chef Support and Feed Edition. So if you go to Amazon and you put in Support and Feed, it will come up. Support and Feed is Maggie Bear's um, campaign to keep vegan restaurants open during the pandemic. So you, you donate to the vegan restaurants. They make food that is then delivered to homeless people, or we should say now houseless people, to children's charities, 
to um, senior citizens who are isolated. So it's a win-win. She also uh, delivers food to first responders in some cases. So we're exposing people to vegan food, the best vegan food from the top vegan chefs in New York, LA, and Philadelphia. And it can expand to other areas as well. And so just please go and watch this. If you're a Prime member, it's free. New Day, New Chef, Support and Feed Edition. And if you just put in Support and Feed in Amazon, it'll pop up. And that's about as high on my priority list as we can get is support for vegan restaurants and keeping them in business, 100% vegan restaurants who are the uh, treasures of the community. And I, you know, please support them. Go get takeout if they have it. I know restaurants, some are offering groceries. We have my... uh, one of my greatest supporters of this show, a vegetarian house in San Jose, 100% vegan restaurant, organic. I mean, wherever you are, please support the local vegan restaurants near you. They, we, You can also support just by, A, watching our show. You'll see some of the restaurants in Support and Feed. And then you can go to supportandfeed.com and donate. Even if you don't can't, if you can't get to a vegan restaurant, they take that money and they give it to vegan restaurants to keep it open. This is Maggie Baird is Billie Eilish's mother. So Billie Eilish also makes an appearance on our show. Oh, great. Okay. So tell people again where to see it, how to see it. Amazon. You go to Amazon Prime and you just put in Support and Feed and it pops up. It's New Day, New Chef, Support and Feed edition. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Um, so, Jane, I, yesterday, oddly enough, I was interviewed for some project at the University of Texas talking about me when I... I was a music program director in San Antonio, and uh, you know there was all this interest about how how I got into radio and what motivated me and all. And um, I was thinking, you know, people probably have that interest ab- about you. I mean, somebody uh, who's been in the media, who uh, is so well known. Uh, I mean, the positions you've gotten to, you've had your that show on uh, you know CNN, uh, you know, for six years and celebrity. Um, what was it? Celebrity, uh, uh, justice, celebrity right? justice was the, t- the, I was a reporter on that show. That was the telepicture show, um, where I ended up covering the Michael Jackson trial. And then after that, I filled in for Nancy Grace on CNN headline news. And then I got my own show on CNN headline news for six years. And I, uh, did an animal segment every week. Mm-hmm. Uh, great. Yeah. So do I remember you from TV in New York when I lived there? When were, were you on W? Well, very w- old people come up to me all the time and they go, I watched you when I was a kid. <laughs> I was on WCBS TV from 1982 to 1990 before I came out to L.A. Okay, because that's where I think I remember uh, you initially. Um, and then, um, yeah, so, but like what? motivated you to get into media or journalism and what made you think you could do it? And, you know, I mean, uh, for, for me, I had a love for music. I wanted to present music and I loved radio stations in New York. There were the WMCA good guys, WABC. And, you know, I was playing in my mind, would I be a disc jockey or should I be an English teacher, you know, and do something normal. But I, I did, choose a gypsy radio life and I became a program director in cities around the country. But when were you first thinking that this is something you wanted to do and and what motivated you and how did you do it? I was was interviewed a couple of times when I was in high school uh, 
by reporters, TV reporters, because I was protesting. And also, it's sort of embarrassing to admit, but my parents made me become a debutante. And I just cringe every time I say it. I can't even believe it. But then this woman ended up doing a news interview on me. And it was for a, a WCBS TV, where I later ended up working. And I was always terrified that somebody would find that footage in the bowels of the building and humiliate me because it was not something I wanted to do. And it, my parents were very old fashioned in a sense. My mother was very advanced and very hip. Like she was doing yoga in the 40s and she was the one of the first hyphens. She hyphenated her name, Anita Velez Mitchell. And uh, she was very cool. I think it was mostly my dad's idea. And... Uh, uh, so I was interviewed and, and I thought this woman is asking me all these dumb questions. I could do a better job. <laughs> so I had always wanted to be a syndicated columnist. I also did protests and I was interviewed once for a protest I did. And this is all in high school. And uh, so when it came time to apply, I went to NYU. I just um, I was I wanted to be a syndicated columnist originally, but then I looked at the forum and it said broadcast journalism. And just because I'd been interviewed, I just checked off broadcast journalism. And then um, when I graduated, I was uh, I immediately went out and my dad was an advertising executive. He uh, placed an ad for me in broadcasting magazine. And I got a couple of job offers, and I ended up going down to Fort Myers, Florida, my first job. And uh, that was a great, <laughs> that was a great market because it was like a party town. It was, it's uh, on the Gulf Coast, and uh, it's near the beaches, you know, Fort Myers Beach, Captiva, Sanibel. Um, and this was the 70s, and it was disco, and I was, I was having a good old time. And, um, then I went to Minneapolis. I got a job in Minneapolis, which was, uh, I almost died, honestly, because I couldn't function. I was a city girl. I was brought up in Midtown, Midtown Manhattan. I grew up across from Carnegie Hall. And um, I did not really even know how to drive because I, when I got my first job, I got an MG Midget, uh, used, pushed it out of the lot, didn't even know how to work a stick shift, didn't have any idea that you need to put oil in, not just gas. So I really would always, I lived right near my job in Fort Myers and I would hitchhike to work. I would catch rides. I didn't really know how to drive. And all of a sudden I get this job in Minneapolis over the phone. And uh, all I thought about was Mary Tyler Moore, you know, spinning her hat in the air. And, uh, I arrive, it's 45 below zero with the wind chill factor. I have no coat, no shoes. I was wearing sandals, you know, and um, I didn't know how to drive. I, uh, I, I really almost did not survive Minneapolis. It was the biggest culture shock of my life. <laughs> I, I couldn't start my car. I got a car. My dad, my dad was you know, very old fashioned in a lot of ways. You gave me a down payment as long as I bought an American car and uh, the car wouldn't start in the morning because it was too cold. Oh, and then, I thought because it was an American car, it wouldn't start, but okay. Well, it happened <laughs> to be a lemon. I'm not saying anything about American cars, but it was a lemon. Well, long ago when we were buying American cars in our youth, uh, they weren't as reliable, let's say, as 
they are today. They yeah, are. it was a horrible car. And um, I didn't even know that something called a defroster existed. <laughs> so I was driving around and finally I gave actually one of the bosses a ride somewhere. And he said, are you trying to kill us? And I said, what are you talking about? He goes, your window is all fogged up. Your your mirror, your, your, dat, your windshield is fogged over. And I said, well, I don't know what to do about it. He goes, what about the defroster? I go, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think uh, see, seeing while driving is definitely overplayed, you know, oh like, uh, yeah. Me, and <laughs> yeah but I, once I walk, nobody walks there, you know, because in the wintertime. Well, I, I got I hired in Omaha. I, I got, you know, and they, they flew me in during the summer. You know, I, I got my job through radio and records, you know, the one ads too, like you. And then I couldn't believe the winters in Omaha. And it was like, you know, why didn't you tell me about this? You know, the, you know, I'm a kid from New York, too, at a 60 below wind chill. You know, you, you want to go outside, you say, oh, maybe I'll shovel some snow for exercise. And you go out and you freeze up in your mouth, your nose, your throat. Oh, you know, yeah. it's like, can't what even, am I doing here? It's it's impossible to function like as reporters when we step outside with the camera, the camera would freeze over. Then when you go inside, the camera would fog over. It was a rough it was a rough couple of years. Uh, and then. uh I ended up going to Philadelphia for a year and a half, which was closer to New York, so that was good. And then after that, I got a job back at WCBS, uh, where which was right on the block where I grew up. I grew up on 57th and 7th, and the CBS headquarters, uh, the broadcast center, was on 57th between 10th and 11th. And uh, so, you know, uh, then I was there for eight years, and that was – that was good, but I got tired of it because I was covering, oh, a lot of murders, a lot of, you know, fires and not fun stuff, seeing parts of the city that I never even knew existed. And, and, and so, then you, but then you left there to cover more murders, it looks like, no? Or? Well, then I got a job as a weekend anchor, as a weekday anchor in L.A., and that was the best job of my life. I worked at the Paramount Studios. I was there for 12 years. I had a spot in the nice parking spot at Paramount Studios. Um, it was a great, you know, environment to work in. And at that time, that's when I went vegan, when I worked there. Um, literally, I started eating at Astro Burger next door on Gower uh, because the guy at Astro Burger, even though he still sold burgers, had gone vegan because he had a heart attack. He was a Greek uh Greek guy, very sweet restaurant owner of this fast food place. Literally on the other side of the wall, I worked at the corner of Gower and um, what the heck was it? Melrose. And so Astro Burger had vegan burgers. So I would eat at Astro Burger all the time. And so then I worked there for 12 years and then I ended up leaving uh, news. I had a good run, local news. I was tired of local news, tired. So uh, my friend Harvey Levin, who's now the head of TMZ, uh, prior to that, he started a show called Celebrity Justice. And he called me up and he said, do you want to be a reporter on Celebrity Justice? It's a new show I'm starting, a syndicated show, Warner Brothers Telepictures. And I was like, yeah. And everybody warned me against it. They're like, you're out of your mind. It's going to be over in 13 weeks and you're going to be branded as a tabloid reporter. You'll never work again. I said, life's too short. I'm tired of what I'm doing. 
I, I'd rather go and be a real estate broker than continue what I'm doing. I don't like it anymore. I'm going to do this. And the show lasted for, uh, let's see, 2003, four, five, three years. And I ended up covering the Michael Jackson trial. And that I was on Larry King Live numerous times. I got a lot of, uh, you know, exposure. And then I ended up getting my own show on CNN Headline News for six years. So I'm not really into crime. It's not something I've ever been interested in. I just fell into it. And, uh, you know, for me, the only crime I really am interested in covering on a regular basis is the crime against our environment, against billions of animals. That's that's my passion. And the crime against human beings who are being killed, either in the slaughterhouses to get COVID-19 or because they're being fed a diet that's killing them with cancer, heart disease, and um you know, obesity and everything else. So that's what I really focus on. Mm -hmm. And so, like you said, you, you have a, a boycott uh, meat project going on now. So what's behind it? Are we just telling everybody boycott meat, stop eating meat, no, dairy, fish, no, and eggs? No, uh, again, this was something that kind of, what the great thing about Jane Unchained is that we do stories all the time. Like every day we have now like 12 anchors. And one of the stories, it was our great booker, Paige, Parsons Roach, who first she got us Kim Cordoba, who was a union worker, talking about what was happening to the slaughterhouse workers. And then we came into contact with Joe Enriquez Henry, uh, and he is a workers' rights advocate in Iowa, and he had done Meatless May. So um, he was saying, go meatless in solidarity with the people who are dying, that it's not an essential product, that people could eat something else. If it's a question of people dying to produce it because these slaughterhouses are hotbeds of COVID-19. So I interviewed him and, and then he said, you know, I want to take this, uh, na I want to take it national. It shouldn't just be meatless May. I want to continue it on. So I joined the meat boycott and then uh, others did too. We have the save movement, uh, PETA, uh, DXE, um, you know, a whole bunch of people were on the calls of Victoria Moran, Main Street Vegan Academy took a leading role. And so we held a news conference. I didn't participate in the news conference because I'm, I'm a journalist. I'm really there to ask questions. But the news conference was very successful. Um, it got about 100 media mentions. And now we're doing um, weekly roundtables every Monday on Jane Unchained Facebook at 3 p.m. Pacific. 6 p.m. Eastern, and the last one we did um, got uh, more than 25,000 views. So I feel like this is this is a, an important thing because you've got to hit people where they're at. Like so, there are people who have said, you know, I I care about people. You, we just already discussed that. Well, if you care about people and people are dying, then stop eating animals if you care about people. So this is another reason I don't care why people stop eating animals. I don't care if they do it for their health, for the environment, or for slaughterhouse workers. Just stop eating them. And so this, I think this boycott is great because Anita Krines, who's the founder of the SAVE movement, points out that you know major societal shifts happen when we create huge coalitions and we find commonalities. So we need to find commonalities with all sorts of movements, workers' rights movements, environmental rights movements, environmental movements, and also the women's movement. I mean, meat is the ultimate violation of the sacred feminine. Every environmentalist should be vegan. 
Now, sometimes we get a lot of pushback. I've had some run-ins with the environmental people who basically, well... Uh, they, they like to eat meat too much or they're getting donations from the meat industry, probably. Or both, or both. <laughs> And, you know, uh, Jane Fonda, when she was talking at the recent climate strike uh, and I was interrupting her, animal agriculture, she said, you be quiet. And that was fun because it got written up in a couple of papers that she shouted down an animal uh, activist, a vegan activist. But then when she was wearing that same red coat um, and standing next to Joaquin Phoenix and Joaquin Phoenix basically said the same thing, you know, you got to include animal agriculture in its impact on climate. She didn't say, Wakeem, you be quiet. She just, she was quiet. So maybe, 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 maybe now with this pandemic, which is a zoonotic disease that stems from our abuse of animals, maybe now that there's another virus that's rearing its head, a swine flu that has pandemic potential, maybe these people will get their head out of their you-know-whats and wake up and realize that this Industry is the biggest destructive force on the planet. In, in every way, like you say, the, the number one cause of climate change. And, uh, you know, I mean, we, we would free the land the size of uh, Africa for reforestation and species recovery if we were to go vegan. The only way to stop mass extinction is for us to go vegan. So, oh, so I would like, uh, hopefully, that people, when they hear a meat boycott, uh, don't immediately, uh, you know, uh, eat much more uh, dairy and eggs because, you know, the the egg industry thanked uh, Meatless Monday for its uh, biggest sales in 30 years. It said, okay, well, everybody's eating uh, eggs, you know, but that's that's well, not uh, the idea don't behind worry it. Worry about that because you've already told everybody they got to go vegan by tonight. Well, right, we have, and right, <laughs> exactly by tonight, exactly right now, this moment, this moment. This is the best moment for it. So, um, so Jane, you just had to have a couple of other things that have gone on with you that maybe uh, you can touch upon. I know that you um, did a documentary, an award-winning documentary, and, uh, you know, I don't know how you do this in your spare time. It seems like you've written a number of books, and I thought maybe you could just uh, mention some of those of interest. And, I don't know, just talking about all this makes me want to take a nap, but... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, and we have another project along with uh, Countdown to Year Zero, the documentary streaming on Amazon Prime about how we, the deadline, please, let's do it sooner, but the deadline to avoid ecological collapse and very possibly the extinction of all life on this earth is 2026 for us to go plant-based as a species. And so that's Countdown to Year Zero on Amazon Prime. And then we have New Day, New Chef, Support and Feed Edition, and that is uh, showcasing the work of Maggie Baird, Billie Eilish's mother, to keep the vegan restaurants open. And we have some of the chefs, like I'm sure you know them, Ron Russell and um, the chef from uh, um, Sage Bistro and Yoga Ert and uh, Angela Means from Jackfruit Cafe. we got a whole bunch of great, um, great vegan did, did I see Babette in the picture, Babette, from uh, she, Stuff she I She was in the she was in season one. Chef Babette was in New Day, New Chef season one, which is also streaming on Amazon Prime. And then we have this new season that just launched, which is Support and Feed Edition. Support and Feed Edition. That's uh, that's one we really want to drive people to to watch so that they can get involved with keeping the vegan restaurants open. And uh, then we also have another new initiative 
It's called plantbasedneighbor.com, and it's in beta testing right now. It's going to launch as an app, but if you go to plantbasedneighbor.com and sign up, plantbasedneighbor.com, you can then connect with other vegans in your neighborhood, which is really important um, as hopefully we get out of this pandemic to um, coordinate things like vegan cookouts, vegan block parties, um, ride sharing to vegan events. Um, and we don't want to be exclusive. So we have a, a category of uh, veg curious and on the journey so that you can mentor people in your neighborhood who are transitioning. And, and those, uh, those people have to stay 12 feet away from everybody though, right? So. <laughs> yeah, but we don't want to be an exclusive club. Like, uh, you know, we don't want to, we want to, we want to make people, we want to embrace people so they can go vegan. And it's, it is again, a process, not an event. Some people may wake up like you and me and say, boom, well, for me, it was a process. I mean, I was eating dairy for, for a long time until I talked to Howard Lyman and Mar Neeland 20, I guess, 23, 24 years ago. So, um, you know, it was it's an embarrassing process for me because I I was the pompous. Oh, I'm a vegetarian. Let me have a cheese omelet. You know what I mean? I, I, I didn't know better. And it would have been an immediate process for me had I know what was happening to the animals because I did this for animals. People thought I was crazy when I, when I first stopped eating, you know, like I said, that Friday night cooking chicken, I said, I, you know, I don't think I can eat animals anymore. Well, I was engaged uh, to a butcher's daughter at the time. I mean, they, they just thought I was out of my mind, but had I known about eggs and dairy at that time, I think I would have said, Oh, sorry, can't eat them either. You know, because I, I'm doing it for the animals. Basically. Yeah, well, we shoulda, coulda, woulda. I mean, I think that the main thing is that you did it and you've done it for a long time now. And 36 just, years. So, you know, you can live as a vegan at least 36 years because I'm, I'm living proof of that. So, yeah, uh, you know, my father died of a heart attack at age 47. Uh, the thought was that, oh, heart disease is, is in the genes. It's in the whole family. But it, yeah. it was really what was on the plate. Everybody was eating, you know, meat, dairy, fish and eggs and yeah. uh, dying at a very young age in my family. And that's something that connects to. All... I see it in my neighborhood. They're grilling and they're barbecuing uh, in the summertime, in the wintertime. The ambulances and the paramedics are showing up and wheeling people away. And, you know. People are on their journey. You can try to introduce them. That's why I go for the low-hanging fruit. I don't want to waste time trying to convince that one relative who's not open to hearing it. Because um, I have quite a few. My nephew's vegan. His daughter's vegan. Um, and uh, that's pretty much it. But, um, you know, uh, there are neighbors who are interested. I'm not going to waste my time beating my head against the wall if somebody is shut down it's like move on it's right. it's like somebody told me once about dating it's a numbers game don't try <laughs> to make the first person you run into work move on it's the same thing with converting people to veganism use social media reach thousands instead of just one or two people take all that energy that you spend arguing with this relative or that and put it into something that's going to reach more people. There's too many people on this planet to talk to everybody individually. We have to reach people on social media and, and social media is a gift to this movement. And so get on 
please don't say, I don't like Facebook or I don't like Instagram. These are the vehicles where we can get our photos of food and our protest photos and our videos about animal suffering. We can get them out there and show people. So that's why I started Jane Unchained. And I urge everybody, please, you know, sign up to Jane Unchained, watch uh, our, our programs, Countdown to Year Zero, New Day, New Chef, New Day, New Chef, Support and Feed Edition on Amazon Prime, and JoinPlantBasedNeighbor.com. Those are things you can do that will supersize your activism. And uh, imagine if every vegan was connected on an app. Imagine what we could do. Imagine how we could respond to terrible things instantly and uh, really, you know, take control of our surroundings and uh, when people are out there roasting dead animals, we could have a, blo a vegan block party and respond to it. Absolutely. So, Jane, when are you going to start doing actually doing something for the vegan cause? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I wake up every morning. One of the good things about being a journalist for 38 years was that you know, you work hard. There, I think I maybe went to lunch a dozen times in 38 years. It's a slog from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to sleep, you're running, you've got deadlines. You're So for me, even though I wake up around 6.30, I work, walk my dogs, have some coffee, work, 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 work till probably eight o'clock at night, I don't feel like it's work. To me, it's like, I can't think of doing anything else. Like, you know, even when I travel, I went before all this happened, I went to the International Animal Rights Conference and on the way I did uh, go to Luxembourg. I wanted to see Luxembourg. I'm sorry, it's in Luxembourg. I wanted to see Copenhagen and I landed. The first thing I did was go to an anti-dairy protest at a dairy festival. Then they told me about a Cube of Truth. Then I went to the Cube of Truth. Then I ended up interviewing the head of uh, Denmark's uh, vegan party. I didn't even know they had a vegan party. So to me, that's fun. I mean, to me, that's that's our uh, life. That, I, that, yeah. that you know, I mean, I I never imagined that this would take over my life, but uh, it has because it's it's a mission, really. You know, I mean, it's we've we're a mission. We, we're a know, mission. And uh, and and this this is the truth. I mean, you know, in an age when there's so little truth, you know. Vegan is the truth. I mean, it's uh, really the only way to save animals, save our lives, our health, the planet. I mean, that's, that's but the People truth. are starting to see it. This, uh, Dr. Rouse says that this pandemic is Mother Nature doing an intervention on the human species and saying, go to your room and think about what you've done and come out a more evolved species or you're done. And, you know, I've been reading, I actually was on Amazon looking at a um, lecture series of great courses last night about the Black Death, the plague that hit Europe in the mid uh, 14th century. And it wiped out half the population of Europe. One half. Okay. And this, and it, and it spread fast. And people literally were okay in the morning and they were dead in the afternoon. And they couldn't bury them fast enough. And so, you know, this is, this is for reals. This is serious. Stay home. I mean, these people who are going out and, and, and they're all over, they're around me. I'm afraid to go. I mean, I walk my dogs, but I wear an N95 mask, but let's respect the power of nature. We're such an arrogant species. And, but, and to put it in perspective though, 
millions and millions of people have died from heart disease, cancer, stroke, diabetes. Um, you know, that's uh, all related to eating meat, dairy, fish, and eggs. So those are really the huge numbers. Like maybe not everybody's family has lost somebody to COVID, but I'm sure we've lost people to heart disease, cancer, stroke. So it's really the, the family value going vegan. I mean, it's, it, 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 it's the one-stop uh, shopping cure for uh, for everything. And then, well, you know, on I top of it... it happening, honestly, because I just did an interview right before talking to you uh, with a woman who's based in Atlanta who's not a vegan, but she said, well, I'm eating less meat. And see, this is what a lot of people are saying. And this is how change occurs. It's, it's just... It, it doesn't always, it's not like people all have an immediate psychic shift. Sometimes it happens slowly, but as long as it's happening, if everybody immediately started having her realization, which could be multi-determined, A, she said, well, it's really expensive now. A steak, you wouldn't believe what it costs in the supermarket, whatever the reason. If people are reducing or they can't get to their steak because all the restaurants that they normally go to are closed or they're afraid of COVID-19 being in the meat or they just heard about the slaughterhouse workers having meat and they just think that's gross, having COVID-19 and they think it's gross and they don't want to take. I don't care what. If everybody starts eating more vegetables, more meat alternatives and reduces that meat, there's going to be a point where then it's going to hit that tipping point, And then the businesses are going to realize they've got to accommodate shifting tastes. And that's why you already have the Beyond Meat Burger and the Impossible Burger popping up everywhere. But, you know, you have resistance too. McDonald's has, still has not started something here in the United States that is a, a vegan burger, even though they test marketed the PLT, the plant lettuce and tomato in Canada for quite a few months. Um, if, if people demand it uh, and the tastes start changing, they're going to accommodate or they'll go out of business ultimately. I think you're seeing it much more with dairy now. Dairy is in deep trouble. The only reason dairy is still existing is because of government bailouts. Um, they're dumping milk. You know, people people have switched the, the vegan... Uh, <coughs> The plant-based milks, the there's so many of them, especially now in this COVID virus. You can get them, you can order them online and have them delivered because there's non-perishable plant-based milks. So a lot of it was, I'm not going into a grocery store. I want this delivered to me. Um, there's so many alternatives, cashew milk, almond milk, rice milk, hemp milk, soy milk, flaxseed milk. I mean, it goes on and on. Um, so I, I really feel like that and vegan ice perfect. creams and vegan yes. cheeses and, you know, alternatives yes. for, uh, for everything. The vegan ice creams are particularly good. So, yes, they sure are. Um, so in any case, I just think, um, we're seeing the shift, but it, it's really going to require every vegan getting active. This is the time. That's why, you know, I really urge you, you could do a lot. If you watch, for example, our show, New Day, New Chef, Support and Feed Edition, and great thing would be to write a review, that pushes it up on the algorithm so it scrolls higher so when people go on Amazon, they're more likely to see it. 
So when people say, well, it's nothing I can do right now. I'm at home. No, you could be very effective. You could sh go to Jane Unchained and share out all of our stories. Go to my Facebook page, facebook.com, Jane Velez Mitchell, share out stories, start watch parties. You can uh, obviously watch our shows on Amazon, uh, our countdown to year zero uh, and support and feed episode of New Day, New Chef. Just put in support and feed. It comes right up or New Day, New Chef. I mean, you can support all of these, write reviews. You know, every time I get an email from PETA, I stop whatever I'm doing whatever I'm doing, and I just follow their actions. Whether it's make a phone call to uh, an airline trying to ship in monkeys for torture, whether it's um, a, a store selling wool, I just do it. It gives me a feeling of instant gratification, and they're such an effective organization that they often email a couple of weeks later saying, victory! So that's what I'm saying. Get active. Your, your phone and your Laptop are your best tools to fight for a vegan world. You could literally be on 24-7, 365, just bouncing around and supporting these things. And you don't have to watch Amazon Prime on your TV. You could watch it right on your internet. Um, I don't know if you have links, but I could send you the links, Bob. You could put it up on your show, on the show. I'll send sure. you all the links. Please do. So, uh, yeah, put it up because this is how – you know, we're making change. It's a team effort. It's not just about me doing it. It's it's really, there are so many people who are involved in our TV shows. Uh, I can't even tell you. Uh, from people who cooked, people who, who were taste testers, people who um, stood outside the building and, and ushered the, the people in. We had a team of volunteers, people who donated to make it happen because one of the reasons we got it on the air is we didn't sell the show. We did it through our nonprofit as an educational um, exercise. So we gave it away and that's also helps to get something on. Uh, so, uh, you know, we, we can't do it alone. We need, we I, I need think I, I might even be cooking something and, and also uh, eating at some restaurant somewhere on Jane Unchained, uh, as yeah. I recall. So, uh, <laughs> I'd love to interview you for Jane Unchained. You know, we want to, we want to, uh, we now I think I'm there. You might find me there hey, in, the, in the archives. I love, I love it. I love it. Well, listen, guess what's coming up in five minutes? My um, piano class with my vegan piano teacher. Now, uh, Raman Saber, who's a great, he's a protester. He, he uh, broadcasts a very, very strong voice when we're marching against fur or against any number of issues. He's one of the guys with the megaphones. He's a great piano teacher. I do give myself a one hour a week to do my piano, and then I play like maybe 15 minutes a day. So I've pushed him back several several times now, and he's waiting patiently. Oh, okay. Um, but, uh, and for how long have you been uh, taking lessons? Uh, uh, just about um, almost a year. Um, Something you I, always wanted to do, take piano well, lessons? Well, I was subjected to piano classes when I was a kid, but it was the wrong way. Either you became a classical pianist or you had a feeling of dread every time you heard Fiorelli's. And uh, so what I'm trying to do now is just learn chords. But the reason I say it is we need to encourage the veganomy. And I do it on Skype. He calls me and he sends me a Skype link. We need to encourage the veganomy. Whatever you're spending money on, try to get a vegan this is another thing we're going to do with plant-based neighbor. Everybody's going to put their profession in. So if I need a plumber, if I need a hairdresser, if I need a handyman, and I do have a vegan handyman, and I do have a vegan hairdresser, 
I haven't seen her lately because of the COVID, but yeah. Um, so that's another thing we can do with plantbasedneighbor.com is we want to have the veganomy. We want to give our money to people who aren't going to buy animals with it, buy animal products. Right. I, I All the people who would be giving money to uh, an environmental group like Sierra Club or 350.org or Greenpeace, give it to Go Vegan Radio. There, that was my suggestion because, uh, ah, you know, I, I just hate to see I, yeah. I, I hate to see uh, money flush down the toilet. You could give it to Jane Unchained. Oh, you could, you could give one to Jane. You could give some to Jane Unchained, some to Go Vegan Radio, because we are about vegan education. I mean, that is our cause, right? So. Well, I think you do a great job, and you are relentless, as am I. We both go way back. I way really back. respect and admire your work and your persistence. And you know, we and vice, will. and vice versa. So we we love you dearly. Everybody just has the greatest respect for you for uh, for the heart that you have for the animals and the vegan cause, Jane. I just can't think of. First of all, it's fun to be vegan. You know, we have a lot of fun on Jane Unchained. It's well, fun to be vegan. We don't have a lot of things on our conscience that other people might have, and we have the best food. That's you know the the whole thing is when when I was on the. Um, Air America Radio Network and, and K-Talk in Los Angeles, KTLK, the, the salespeople love to take me out to lunch. We, we went to uh, Madeline Bistro. You remember? Oh, uh, I remember Madeline's Bistro. Yeah, in the Valley. Yeah, in the Valley. And that's all like I, uh, you know, I couldn't chase the sales staff away. That was their big deal. They wanted to take me to lunch. And they said, if this is vegan food, we can go vegan. So that's the whole thing. We also have the best food. We're foodies, you know. We totally do. I mean, I can't even, uh, my gosh, I live near Double Zero in Venice, uh, Matthew Kinney's pizza place. It's so sinfully delicious, but it's guilt-free, but it's, oh my God, oh my God. It's so fabulous. And and so many are. Pura Vida, I don't want to leave anybody out. I mean, our food is amazing. Amazing. It is. It is. Because it's uh, made from uh, r real ingredients, the way nature intended. <laughs> I okay. want to thank you for having me on, Bob. I love you, and um, we'll talk soon. Okay. Okay. Go practice those chords. I, I particularly like uh, C, F, and G. I like C major seven. So maybe you can uh, do a few of those chords on the piano for me. That's there. that's that's the <laughs> easy one. I like C. The C chord's easiest. <laughs> All right, my dear. Love you. Okay. Love you too, Jane. Talk to you soon. Bye. with Bob Linden at GoVeganRadio.com on Facebook, Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden and Twitter at GoVeganRadio. Please, if you can, support this program with a tax-deductible donation. There is a donate button at GoVeganRadio.com where you can find over 600 programs uh, that are archived there, including some with the founder of Evolution Diet, Vegan Dog and Cat Food, 
Eric Weissman, some very interesting talks from him. I see that uh, his phone should be ringing or uh, PetFoodShop.com uh, should be getting uh, a lot more uh, hits uh, with this new study from the Ontario Veterinary College at the University of Guelph from a self-reported online survey, 1,325 responses. This survey conducted by Dr. Sarah Dodd, comparing vegan diets versus meat-based diets. I know that there was a study on dogs too, but I haven't seen that released yet, but I see regarding cats, it does say that uh, cats fed a vegan diet had significantly lower prevalence of gastrointestinal diseases, renal diseases, and diabetes compared to uh, meat-eating cats. Uh, let's see, urinary tract condition as common in vegan cats as non-vegan cats. Cats lived about the same length of time. Uh, so uh, you want some vegan cat food? Get it from Evolution. Get Evolution Vegan Dog and Cat Food. Uh, you can call Eric Weissman at 651-492-2190. There's a discount if you're a first-time customer. Um, PetFoodShop.com. PetFoodShop.com. Uh, there's an organic variety, so definitely check it out from evolution and uh just thinking here uh did did jane velez mitchell uh just yell at me on today's show did that happen i mean it's hard to you know sometimes skype cuts out a little bit so it's hard to tell but uh i think jane yelled at me uh, you know kind of reminds me of of when betty white yelled at me uh she was on the board at the la zoo and uh some years back, we were protesting the separation of two elephants who had been uh, companions there for a long time. And uh, Betty White was upset that I was using my oh-so-very-influential uh, radio show on KRLA to dispute the zoo's decision. And uh, all I could think was, you know, one of the Golden Girls is yelling at me. How how have I gotten myself into this predicament? Yeah, can't I get along with anyone? Huh? I would have thought that uh, Betty White. You know, if I if I had met Betty White, it would be, you know, very uh, a loving a loving meeting. She'd probably want to make a donation to this show. But instead, there she was, yelling at me. Story of my life, you know. Okay, so anyway, I think Jane was yelling at me. Um, let's see, because what? How did that happen? What? Because I was insisting that the world go vegan now, and uh, she was arguing for twenty twenty six. Is that what happened? She she was saying that more systems had to be in place, and that I already had nineteen years with this show, and uh, what what happened? I haven't I haven't quite produced the vegan world yet. So haven't haven't quite gotten the mission accomplished yet. Um, I don't know. I mean, I I'll gladly take some credit for the progress made, but that's true. We're we're not we're not a hundred percent vegan yet, and I um, 
And then again, I, I guess I should say I, 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 I don't have to agree 100% with all the guests on this show about everything, right? I mean, and uh, Jane said she's, she's still a big supporter of PETA and thinks that it's highly effective. Um, so now, why, why would a 19-year-old little rinky-dink radio show like this or talk show or podcast or whatever, whatever this is that we do, um, why would this show be to blame for not delivering a vegan world yet? And uh, PETA has been around, what, over over 30 years at least, right? And uh, so why aren't we not blaming PETA for creating that 100% vegan world? Um, I actually do wish that PETA were more focused on creating a vegan world. Um you know, I look at the PETA website, and uh, the message, I mean, you can find it, but it seems to be fairly well hidden there, you know, and I, I'm, I have to say, I used to support PETA, too. I was, you know, one of the biggest supporters of PETA. Ingrid Newkirk was my very first guest on KRLA in 2001 on this here radio show, um, but... You know, I'm troubled by by Ingrid's endorsement of Bell and Evans Chicken, which is displayed proudly on the Chicken Killers website. Um, you don't believe me, right? Let me see if I can find it here. Um, okay. I know. I, I, why? Why, why, why? Why do I see this? Okay, so uh, Bell and Evans. It's, Humane Animal Welfare. It says, We believe our chickens deserve a good life. And we work hard to give it to them. From the second they hatch to our Humane Society of the United States, HSUS, endorsed slow induction anesthesia. So, okay, I guess... A better way to kill? <laughs> Is that it? A better way to kill. Um, okay, sorry. It says here on the Bell and Evans website, People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals and the Humane Society of the United States and even Temple Grandin agree that Bell and Evans continually raises the benchmark for the entire poultry industry. And right below that, a quote from Ingrid Newkirk, Bell and Evans shows that animal welfare and good business go hand in hand. Ah, Ingrid, but what if one of those hands has a knife in it? Sorry, I interrupted. Let me read the, the whole quote here. Uh, Bell and Evans shows that animal welfare and good business can go hand in hand. And by listening to consumers' wishes, Bell and Evans has set a new standard for the chicken supply industry. Ingrid Newkirk, president of PETA. I, that's terribly disappointing for me. Terribly disappointing. Um, you know, uh, consumers' uh, wishes... Now, right, consumers want to feel good. They want to feel good uh, about, uh, 
what they know is wrong. <laughs> so they're they're looking for the animal rights seal of approval. So and and there so also you know Temple Grandin was mentioned there and Temple Grandin received an award from PETA. Um, so uh, Temple Grandin is listed as an animal welfare advisor to Tyson air quotation marks foods. I'm just saying, you know, why why would we give people reasons not to go vegan when a chicken breast from Bell and Evans has an animal rights seal of, of approval or a, or a pork chop from Tyson's has an animal rights seal of approval? Um, I don't know. Shouldn't I don't know. I just think that, uh, just feel that it's a very compromised uh, animal rights movement. Uh, really, to to a degree, a fake animal rights movement. Uh, that's which is delaying the vegan world. Not my fault. Not my fault. Everybody should be saying go and ve go vegan. Instead, they're thanking Bell and Evans and Tyson's. You know. Um, Anyway, uh, okay, anyway, on our next podcast, as I mentioned earlier, the Humane Society of the United States is up to no good, again, as usual. Um, the uh, Rancher Advocacy uh, Group has gone, uh, has come under fire for suing whistleblowers, exposing uh, rather in inhumane conditions at... Uh, Sanctuaries run by the Humane Society of the United States. So Donnie Moss will be on that program. Donnie Moss from It's Their Turn. And again, in a future episode, we'll look more at how Tyson uh, portrays itself, you know, as, as a compassionate animal advocate. And we'll re-examine the five freedoms for animals and uh, all, all the uh, things that... Uh, are detrimental getting in the way of creating a vegan world, um, unfortunately, by, I don't know, the fake animal rights movement. Um, you can support us. We have a, a clear vegan message. We know the way to help animals is to encourage everybody to go vegan. Uh, we know the way to, uh, the only way to stop climate change, to stop mass extinction, deforestation, resource depletion, water shortage, you know, all of that. Acidification, eutrophication. That, the only solution is to go vegan. Um, and maybe if we're, we are to prevent some of these pandemics in the future, looks like, again, the only way is to go vegan. Okay, well, I'm suffering from, uh, you know, global, uh, global warming at the moment. I have to put on the cooler air daisy is telling me so uh we'll uh, we'll make way here i want to thank you for listening today and again if you can support us that would be great or check out the archives at goveganradio.com